Welcome back to Geological. I've got Paul Wong with me today. Paul Wong is an acupuncturist. He teaches acupuncture. We'll talk a little more about that later. But the main thrust of what I'm interested in having a conversation with Paul about today is this thing called the Bazi, which is you could call it Chinese astrology. I don't know much about it. I've heard a bit about it. So when I found out that Paul knew a thing or two about it, I thought I got to get this cat on the show. So Paul, welcome to Geological. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Max. It's great to be here. I'm honored to be on your podcast. And, and uh, hello to all the listeners out there too. So Bazi, right? This generally, I mean, this literally translates as eight characters. Yes, yes. And this is Chinese astrology. Before we get into this, mm -hmm. I am always curious to know what set people off on the path that they're on. You know, I mean, there's usually a pivotal moment or a set of circumstances that, that kind of shifts our trajectory. What set you on the path with learning about and using the Bazi? I would say I was born in Taiwan. So um, the first time I encountered uh, so-called Bazi birth chart analysis was my mother actually did it for me. I think I was 12, 13 at the time. And, and she didn't tell me that she went to did it, but she came home and had this uh, chart. And it, it didn't make any sense to me at the time. But years later, she dug it out again. And mm -hmm. I was able to then interpret it. Uh, so that was, I guess, back in the back in the eighties. So fast forward um, many many years later, I was at uh, UC Berkeley, uh, University of California, Berkeley, uh, Cal, and I was in pre med to become a Western medical doctor. I wanted to go into surgery. We don't have to get into the whole story of that, but um, through some coincidences, through some reasons, and. Uh, Actually, a student-run class. They call it Democratic Education at Cal. Uh, some some students started integrative medicine class, and one of the speakers was um, Chinese medicine doctor. Um, and the next week was acupuncturist, and that kind of first opened my mind, even though that's my kind of cultural background, to what Chinese medicine is. And and the very simple concept at the time, I didn't think of it. I guess because I was more of a academic, is that Chinese medicine. Focus, focuses on restoring health versus getting rid of disease. I was like, light bulb. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense, right? <laughs> and then I, I did like an internship at a hospital. I was like, wow, this is pretty crazy, actually, that how the um, how it works, you know, to be a surgeon. I didn't realize that it was so, to, to say simply, it's so stressful. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, and I heard a lot of my, uh, you know, co-students were a couple years ahead of me. And then, you know, they were complaining about, you know, being hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So that, that kind of set, set me on the path to Chinese medicine, uh, which I went straight into after undergrad and then met my a couple teachers, actually. But one of my uh, first teachers I met was uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Tan, who's known for you know, systematizing what he called the balance method. And so the first time I met him, I was pretty astounded. He answered a lot of the questions that I had and even some unknown questions that that I didn't ask it, uh, he he kind of uh, resolved for me. So I was so impressed, but uh, something compelled me to go up to him at the end of the seminar, even though I, I, I still consider myself introverted, but something just pulled me up. And I, and I said, you know, Dr. Tan, I, I would love to become your, your apprentice or disciple. And then he's kind of smirked at me, like, who is this guy? Who is this kid? And uh, he said one thing, he said, well, you know, we'll have to look at your bazi. You know, I was like, oh, so I half knew what that was. I happened to have a Bazi. <laughs> exactly. I pull it out. <laughs> but but I, I, I kind of uh, froze and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, thank you. And I just walked away. But so so my, my formal introduction to Bazi was actually through him. Uh, he, he taught courses in that. He was known for acupuncture, but he also taught courses in, um, I call it the ABCA for acupuncture, balance method acupuncture. And the B is for uh, balance method or birth chart analysis for B, mm -hmm. and the C was cultivation, uh, qi cultivation. So um, our, our topic this time is is on the B, Bazi, um, and that's where it started. And then since I learned that uh, system, I've done, I don't know how many hundreds of, of cases and, and developed my own experience and interpretation of what, what those uh, eight characters, as you said, mean. So eight characters, what eight characters are we looking at? Is this something from the I Ching? Is this something from some other system? What do these eight characters represent? Simply, uh, think of a grid. 
um, mm. two rows and four columns. And um, so that's, you know, equals to eight, eight kind of spaces on a, on a graph or a matrix. And it starts from, um, there is an association with the I Ching simply even with this concept of, of E. Uh, one of the three meanings of E is change. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, as an I Ching. As an, as an I Ching, yeah, the book of changes yeah. is often how it's translated. So it is uh, the ancients, you know, um, observed that everything is changing, you know, from different traditions. And um, in the Chinese tradition, or even in the, just a human kind of being, right, we, we exist in, in space-time or time-space in, in, in the more Chinese conception. And if you move from point A to point B in, in space, you know, you pass through time as well. So time and space are kind of one uh, continuum. And that was recognized, you know, back in, back in the day, but uh, more recently in the West, right, with, with uh, Einstein in, in the 1920s, about 100 years ago, kind of merged those concepts. But in Chinese, we call it shi kong, which is literally shi kong, uh, literally means time and space. <laughs> so time this, and space. this yep. <laughs> literally, actually. So this started from observing nature. So in Chinese, again, you know, hope, don't mean to throw out so many so many Chinese terms, but that's okay. Uh, we'll we'll put them on the show notes. Okay, be down at the bottom of the show notes page, we'll have the Chinese and the Pinyin and and what it means, so folks can, can okay see see what it is. Yeah. So so again, related to I work my way into Bazi, but I kind of want to give a context um, and a, a bit of a historical or ontogeny how it's developed. And the other observation in terms of space time is is our daily cycles. For instance, the the space is the four cardinal directions, north, south, east, west. And time moving through that is sunrise in the east, right? And then sunset in the west, you know, and mm -hmm. then also the north, south as noon and, and midnight. And another observation uh, was the, not the, not the diurnal cycle, but the, the annual cycle among the four seasons. There's also a, a something they observed, observed spatially in the sky around the, the north star, which was the uh, Ursa Major, the, the Big Dipper, the Great Bear, the handle of that pointed to the four cardinal directions as well, spatially, as we move through the, the four seasons. During, during um, the springtime, the handle of the Big Dipper points east. And during the summertime, it points south. And during the fall, it points west. And during the, the winter, it points north. No uh, kidding. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> at, wow. least, at, at least relative to uh, the Northern Hemisphere and, and where China is. So that's another uh, temporal, spatial kind of unity or relationship that they observe. And, and so then we're getting into heaven and earth or uh, heaven, human and earth, right? It's humans that are mm. with, with our special consciousness able to observe these dynamic relationships between sky and earth, between um, as above and so below. Uh, so in Chinese, we call it tian wen di li. You hear tian? Tian ren di, right? Tian is heaven or sky. Di uh, is, is earth. Um, and these are actually even terms used in modern times. Tian wen is literally, tian is sky, and wen is literally um, patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, and di is earth, uh, and li is principle. So tian wen literally means the patterns of, of heaven or the sky. And di li literally means uh, the principle of, of earth. And that li is the one that has uh, like the wang zapang, right? So, <laughs> so, so it's it's the one that's like, it's like the grain that's in a in oh, a piece of wood yeah. or like the structure that's in a stone. It's this oh, thing yeah. yes, that yes. it's like the fascia that goes through a human body, right? It's this Beautiful. thing that kind of pulls other stuff together and holds yes. it together. It's that yes. Lee, right? Don't get me started on that. Like Chinese is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I have a spare time, which is rare nowadays, I love to work with the wood and the most like. Uh, um, compelling the most inspiring part is the worst part is the sanding you know you got to sand down you know all the different uh, layers but the most gratifying part is when you pour the oil on and you see uh, that lee come and out there's the lee. Like, yeah beautiful yeah so yeah. that's yeah. exactly the lee yeah okay the the, the the lee of earth and the and the wind the uh, the patterns of uh, of, of heaven so mm -hmm. so now now you know i mentioned tian wen di li uh, which would you know you can say is is astronomy and um, uh, geography or other, you know, modern terms you can say is astrophysics and, and geology. So basically, that's the modern kind of terminology. Astro and geo would be tian tian di. Astrophysics and geology. I mean, just, I mean, just <laughs> taking those two words and putting them together yeah. and sitting with that for a moment. Mm, mm, mm. It's like, 
Oh, <laughs> that's right. Of course they would connect, yeah. but until you bring it up in this moment and yeah. it, it, before I connected them together, I thought, oh, two separate disciplines. One's about heaven, one's about earth. But if you look at them as two sides of the same expression, sure, sure. there it is. There's the connection. It's it's beautiful and and even connecting to the dren or human level right all the all the iron in your blood and, and all the calcium mm. in the bones comes from astrophysics you know comes from the center of stars you know hydrogen to helium 600 million tons of that being being converted in the sun just our sun you know let alone the trillions of um, uh, suns in our <laughs> un unknown numbers of, of suns yeah and over unknown time unknown time right and then you know then our bodies also coming from from earth you know from the food and minerals that we eat so there's a direct connection to it you know not just in a you know philosophical or metaphysical way too so so to the eight characters then four of them are from tian endowed from tian and four of them are endowed from ti earth so that's the top row and bottom row and the four columns represent the year um, month day and an hour of your birth so there's many more layers of meaning, as you as you know from Chinese medicine. We can interpret interpret one concept or one symbol in dozens of ways, right? Right. Context is so important. So important, yeah. So important. So so yeah. Those those are what the where the eight characters come from. There, you know. So to to do someone's chart, you need to know their year, month, day, and time of birth, and then also their 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 city, their coordinates, um, mm -hmm. because sometimes we have to adjust um, for you know, daylight savings or different time zones. Uh, and once you have that, that's all you need. Uh, very simple. And then you can, you know, calculate using a formula um, or the calendar, Bob's calendar, uh, someone's eight characters, uh, which it, which then be kind, kind, kind of becomes their sort of genetic blueprint to use an analogy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one thing you do. And the second thing you do is then you lay out their so-called uh, which is the, the great um, transportation or the great progression of their life along 10 year, 10 year uh, waves or 10, uh, a decade. So you also have pillars, you have columns uh, as a second part of the chart, which represent the main themes of their life over, over decades. And you know, some people like say they're really into like, you know, making money or really, you know, chasing that for a while. And suddenly they shift right into spirituality or something like that. Like, so, mm -hmm. Those kind of major shifts are, are documented um, in someone's uh, uh, life progression, which would kind of be more like the, the epigenetic unfolding mm -hmm. of their, their genetic uh, uh, birth chart constitution. Does this happen in decades of 10 or does it come in like cycles of 12? I know that, that Chinese thinking is a bit different from Western thinking. We often think mm -hmm. in 10s. Mm -hmm. It seems Chinese thinking often goes in 12s. Yeah, Chinese thinking has many mathematical bases. Um, uh, the first is Wu Qi, which is one mm. in the unity or the singularity, which contains all duality, but it's undifferentiated. It's kind of the primordial uh, chaos or the, you know, the original egg. <laughs> and then you crack that egg and then you have, you know, yolk and white, which is the yin and yang. So there's even a yin yang dual, you know, kind of uh, dialectical thinking. And there's also even a, a san cai or the Three, three power kind of thinking, which we kind of talked about, Tian and Di. There's even Si Xiang, base four thinking, which are, you know, um, the greater yin, you know, lesser yin, greater yang and lesser yang. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you I have... Mean, you've, uh, got, you've got a whole system of medicine built on that from Korea with the uh, yeah. satsang. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. They, they, they look at that four. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then after the four, what have you got? Then you have, uh, after the Tai Yang, Sao Yang, uh, Tai Yin, Sao Yang, which are the Si Xiang, are the four uh, images you have the Wu Xing, uh, which are the five phases often traveling as five yes i love that you said five phases max that's beautiful because it's a pet peeve of mine when people translate it as the five elements because xing literally means to walk so mm -hmm. they're they're a dynamic um uh, phasing of, of our of our you know reality not not like uh, solid set uh, categories Right. And, um, and just in case you don't know that Xing actually means walk, if you do go to Taiwan and at the intersections, yeah. it, you'll see the character yes. Xing when it means walk. It's in yeah. green. Exactly. Ren Xing Dao, actually. Ren Xing Dao literally means a person walking path, which is a crosswalk. Yeah, yeah Ren Xing yeah. Dao. <laughs> um, and then you have, you know, we don't have to go through every number, but you have the Liu He, which are the six harmonies, which if you get into like internal martial arts, that's a, that's a um, big deal. That is, for instance, the coordination of the main 
joint limbs, that is the proximal hips and shoulders, the, the distal wrist and ankles, and the, the middle uh, elbows and knees, um, uh. vertical, diagonal, and horizontal cross connections between contralateral, you know, say left elbow, right knee, or ipsilateral, right elbow, right knee, or, Wait a minute! Yeah. Isn't there an acupuncture system based on this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, actually, those principles come from, I believe, cultivation. Actually, so from mm. you know, nei gong or qi gong or what I call gong fa. Sometimes I joke, you know, when you see like old people in Taiwan or or China, you know, moving so slow in the park doing their tai chi, I, I like to say it's not because they're old, but what they're trying to do is find and feel and coordinate those connections, which. <sighs> Just just among the four center limbs, elbows and knees, there are six bilateral connections or 12 total just between the elbows and knees. And the total number of connection between the three main limb joints I, I, I train and calculate as 64, which is an interesting coincidence with the number of hexagrams in the, in the classic of changes. Yes, it's um, curious, isn't it? Yeah, so that's the liu he, uh, which mm -hmm. is two to the sixth power. There's even a six there in terms of the hexagrams, right? Right. Or the Liu Jing, right? Yeah, exactly. Sang Han Lun, right? The Liu Jing. Sang Han Lun, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Qi Xing, which is, has to do with more um, uh, kind of actually what we're talking, kind of talking about, astronomy or astrology, which are the seven stars. Eight, Ba Gua, right? The eight trigrams, mm -hmm. um, which has a, it's its own kind of cosmology. But I like to say that uh, what is allowing us to see and talk to each other right now is based on the trigrams when... William Leibniz went to China and studied the I Ching. He had the insight to translate the yin and yang, yao, those lines, those solid and broken lines, into zero and ones to develop the binary system, which is the base code of computer software. So that comes from I Ching too. Um, and then nine is the Zhou Gong, which are the nine palaces, uh, which you know maybe you've heard like the magic square, which has the, you know, all the angle, the diagonal, vertical, horizontal, add up to 15. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that has to do with, act I mean, all these things I'm talking about have applications in Chinese medicine, Chinese martial arts, Chinese uh, cultivation. But yeah, and then, then we get to 10, <laughs> um, which are the 10 heavenly stems. So there's 10 of those, which simply come from a doubling of the five phases, right? all the, the five phases double because there's a yin and yang polarity. So back of to course. Ba Zi. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, the Zhang Fu organs comes out of that. There, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the five um, transportations and the Liu Qi, right? You have like the six different uh, types of, of Qi. And so if we go back to Ba Zi, so the, on the top row, you have eight, or you have uh, four uh, out of the eight characters. Um, and well, there's 10 possibilities that those can be. Uh, so that comes from one of the 10 heavenly stems. So, instance, for instance, you calculate and someone could be yang fire or yin metal and so and then et cetera. And so there's one for the year, one for the month, one for the day and one for the time. The most important one they, they did through a lot of uh, case studies throughout Ba'atze history is not the year, month or day, uh, year, month or, or hour. It is the day. So they call that the day master. Uh, the reason that's important is everything in your chart. Those remaining seven characters out of the eight are relative to your day master. So you cannot interpret a bazi until you know what someone's day master is. Are they yang wood? Are they you know uh, yin water? And then all the other characters mean something relative to that. So that in a way would be like a person's core constitution. Mm, mm. That's that's like the filter, the lens yes. that all the energy in the universe going through you gets mm -hmm. funneled through and then everything else falls out in relationship to that exactly yeah or mathematics it would be like in a coordinate system right in the xy or xyz coordinate system it would be that center point zero mm -hmm. zero zero mm -hmm. um and then from there you know where you are otherwise like where's the center right you're kind of lost in, in space another way to look at it is oh just an example for instance if you are wood okay we'll, we'll even leave out the polarity for now just just mm -hmm. wood and someone comes to you to do their bazi and say a common thing like nowadays, especially since uh, couples are, are, you know, having getting married and having children later is fertility, right? So a woman or a man, you know, a couple comes and they're looking for uh, some consultation for acupuncture, right? And 
uh, say you do treatments for them and say you're pretty good, you know, you're able to help most couples or most women uh, conceive within, I don't know, let's say eight months. That's kind of your average, right? Mm -hmm. Plus or minus. But for this couple, you're kind of struggling. It's 10 months in, 12 months in, and they're kind of getting frustrated and you're like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I usually, you know, uh, more successful. I'm getting, um, getting this uh, done. <laughs> so one thing you can consult is your Bazi chart. Another thing you can consult is their feng shui, uh, which is uh, more of a looking at spacing, but we won't get into that. But you can, for a wood woman, say her day master is wood, what you're going to look for in her chart is water. Uh, sorry, not water, for, uh, uh, you're going to look for our fire because fire is the child of wood. Wood generates fire. So maybe you look in her chart, especially in the life progression part, and you're like, oh my God, there's been no fire chi in her temporal energetics, if you will, for the last five years, 10 years. But you can, uh, you can resolve, you can, you can go deeper into, you can go year by year even and see that, oh, hey, come next April, boom, there's a, there's a window of fire that kicks in. So let's just kind of do basic nourishing until then get your kind of nest <laughs> ready mm -hmm. and and then let's kind of um, focus on that time frame and then boom actually for whatever <laughs> exactly how it works we don't know but Bazi allows you to read the timing and the flow of someone's life and then in April boom you're successful in getting them pregnant because so that's just she's, one a, she's a wood type and if she is actually yeah. going to create a child yeah. shung cycle yes then the fire, there has to be a, some kind of receptivity to that resonance of fire. Yeah, exactly. Or the wood can't transfer into that phase. Exactly. So, so her birth chart um, uh, creates a, a context. Again, we brought that up earlier, where it's more likely brings in kind of fertility uh, energy into her chart, and then so it's it's more conducive to then you know conceiving. That's just in in in, in one example, but. As we said earlier, these different phases can represent different things. So fire for a wood person, regardless of, of male, female, can also mean creativity. So mm -hmm. this would be a time as to where maybe you start a podcast <laughs> or open <laughs> or a Or an acupuncture practice, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah so yeah. this is a time where you're able to be able to follow through more and be more productive, cultivate your creativity, your expression, your talents. Maybe you're an artist and, you know, you get recognized during this time or you have your first kind of exhibit at a gallery during this time. So that's kind of also um, uh, fire, the meaning of fire for a wood person. Um, as to whether it is beneficial or not, then we have to get into a little one more layer of, of diagnosis. Uh, so to know someone's uh, diagnosis, I'm using that to, since we're a Chinese medicine podcast, mm -hmm. you need to know three things about their day master. We already talked about two of them. One is their, their phase, uh, wood, fire, earth, water, uh, metal. It's faster in Chinese. Um, <laughs> and then you need to know the polarity. Okay, Are they yang fire or yin fire? That, that creates another nuance. Um, and then furthermore, you have to know their strength, the propensity. Maybe their day master is fire, but everything else in their chart is water. Right? So actually Oops. that water... So that fire is pretty, pretty uh, low propensity. It's not mm -hmm. so substantial. That's not necessarily good or bad, but their personality is maybe not that fiery. They may more have a watery personality. And then that also goes into what are their beneficial elements. Someone mm -hmm. who is, let's say, weaker, young fire, then you get into treatment principle. They need more fire or they need more wood, which is the mother of fire in their, in their uh, constitution. Uh, whereas someone who is fire day master, but they have a lot of uh, wood and fire in their chart, they will be considered a, a, a fiery fire, so a strong fire chart. And so in that context, they actually don't want more wood or fire. The treatment principle for someone who has a strong chart is actually to drain them. So maybe you want to drain them by adding earth. Uh, fire generates earth, and they may feel better. And it's interesting, you'll notice that you, know, you meet this person, they like, they, they like to dress in earth tones. <laughs> or you go to the house and they have a lot of like pottery or terracotta or they live like on a hill, right? Which is, which is earthy or they wear a lot of bling, a lot of metal, right? Which is, um, I'm sorry, actually, I, what I just said would be relevant for a weak earth person. They want more earth. Uh, whereas a strong earth person, maybe they're wearing a lot of metal, which drains earth. 
because it's a child over mm -hmm. so they feel better wearing like a big watch or like a big pendant you know right. or, or like you were saying if they were the strong fire type yeah they might have more earthy stuff in them because they're actually trying to drain some of that fire into earth yeah exactly yeah yeah okay. exactly so we're, right now we're looking at one of the uh, relationships in terms of five elements which is the child but you know there's actually five relationships right yeah. we could work from all kinds of directions you could work if they're too fiery yeah. you could tonify the water yeah exactly that would exactly. help that would help to cool the fire exactly yeah through the through the curse cycle Exactly through the curse cycle, um, and so there's there's a lot of nuance, but uh, it basically boils down to applying those strategies in terms of like we just said, you know, adding uh, things in their interior design or env environment, or looking at you know time in their chart where there's more fire, more water, mm. or one one interesting application that, that is often the case is for like dating, <laughs> finding a romantic partner or finding a business partner. Like I've done cases consultation where like. Someone would come to me and they're like, you know what? I'm dating a couple people. <laughs> Can you do our compatibility charts? Like, which one do you think I'm more compatible with? And I don't usually, you know, say you should date this person or that person, but you can look at the chart and say, wow, you know, for this person, when it interacts with your chart, it creates more like uh, financial resources, wealth. So if you're looking for, you know, that kind of security, then this person offers that. Whereas this one, it creates a lot more kind of like knowledge, you know, uh, inspiration, you know, mm -hmm. spirituality. You can talk with this person for like until 2 or 3 a.m. And then they'll laugh like, oh, that's totally true with this person. You know, the other person is really practical. <laughs> and, and, and the second person is really, you know, they can have these beautiful intellectual conversations. And so if that's what you're looking for now in your life, then I would say this person is, is more can offer that. I'm not going to tell you which one to go with, but and they're like, oh, wow, that's so, so interesting. This yeah. is exactly what what I experienced with these two different individuals. And, and so you can help often confirm, uh, you can make explicit what is often implicit by mm -hmm. intuition with people. And that helps people resolve things in terms of procrastination or indecision, like right now or going into the future. But I've also found that it's very powerful to help people resolve past trauma. Mm -hmm. Because is that because you can look back at an experience and go, Oh, I see how that would have come about. They're like this, I'm like that. Yeah. Had we found this middle path, we might have been able to resolve it, but yeah. If you don't uh, find the middle path, then then things break apart in kind of, in a certain kind of way. I think uh, a lot of people dissipate their chi, you know, their e chi li, their intention, mm -hmm. emotion and their, even their action, you know, uh, through the the duality of time <clears throat> that is projected into the the yang ming future or into the taiyang past and uh, the thing about that, then they're not able to reclaim that energy for present healing, right? A lot of our patients come into that worrying about the future, regretting the past. And what Bazzi can offer is that you look into this time frame, say, in, you know, 20 years ago, and you're like, hey, you know, like, I see that this happened, maybe something with your family, with your father or something like that, or your mother. Um, and there was a, <clears throat> there was a conflict there that I see and, you know, whatever, you know, maybe a divorce or something like that. Mm -hmm. And what happens is like people will say like, wait, that's in there. And I was like, yeah, I see this kind of um, dynamic going on. And sometimes people will get really emotional because what happens is that they start to let go of something which is huge as a human in terms of our health uh, and illness, more in our illness, which is blame and shame. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're able to stop blaming other people or shame and shaming themselves, feeling ashamed for certain things that happened in the past and and then therefore able to uh, claim that energy for for their present healing. So Basil can offer that. You can go back. Um, and I often go back in the beginning of a consultation um, in order to confirm that I did I laid out their chart correctly because there's a lot of details. So maybe I made a mistake here or there. So I'll often that's why it takes, you know, I have a waiting list of like six to eight weeks <laughs> because um, not only do I have a lot of people that, that want me to do the chart, but I, I have to double and triple check it to make sure I did it correctly. And then, so when you go back, you can say, oh, I see that this time, you know, you had, you know, the, you know better money time or either, you know, or maybe you lost a lot of money. So, uh, and then, you know, it's, then you can kind of confirm, yeah, yeah, this time I was just rolling in the dough, you know? So I was like, okay, I think this chart. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the, so you can double check yourself. 
Yes, exactly. Kind of like doing yeah. a treatment, then you go and you check the pulse, and oh yeah, the pulse yeah, is better. Yeah. So we're, you know, exactly. I, I think I'm moving in the right direction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, that live feedback is is important to, to to check that we're moving in the right trajectory. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm struck as we're talking about this, using the bots to to look at moments in the past that they, they had some kind of emotional charge. Yes. So often we will talk in Chinese medicine about that. And I think other traditions talk about it as well. It's not just Chinese medicine, but we'll have experiences and we store them in our physicality. Our yes. physiology does not forget. Yes. And if we can somehow tap into that physiology, things come to a certain kind of awareness as a result, and then it can resolve. Yeah, that's huge. I think, I think um, physiology, I think most of us, especially those of us who are ill, are stuck replaying or reviewing the past in the present mm. rather than something which I think is more powerful or more empowering, which is previewing um, our future in the present, not in a way that you're obsessing or about something happening in the future, but you're, you're, you're trying to embody those mental and emotional states now rather than, you know, things from the past, you know, like I said, blame or shame or regret or frustration or jealousy or whatever. And, Actually, I think our brain, our, our, our hardware is actually something that is actually in the past. The only thing that can drive us forward is actually a new intention. So sometimes I, I, I say or teach or tell patients that your mindset, your, your belief, and your habits are unchangeable because those are crystallizations. Those are usually unconscious. And so the only place where we can actually create change, uh, back to that philosophy of E, mm -hmm. is in, in, with a conscious uh, intention and uh, raising our kind of emotional states and then choosing an action now that's kind of the time frame where we can actually enact a change um, our so-called habits and mindsets and beliefs are kind of they're stuck so that's i, I believe that um, as practitioners um, we're trying to create a shift in the we're trying to shift our patients actually into the present moment but that requires resolving some things in the past so that people can let go of it exactly yeah so they can reclaim that energy to, to, to do something now, which, and as a tool bots, it can be helpful for. This is really interesting because I mean, so often people come in, they've got a problem because of a certain habit they have, a thing they love to eat or a thing they love to do, or I mean, whatever it is. And we talk about how habits are so hard to change. In fact, all you've got to do is go on the internet and there's a million yeah. people trying to sell you lots of methods. I'm going to change your habits in like three weeks without even you having to try. Right. I mean, right. that's that's right. for sale all over the place. We know it doesn't work. We know it's a come on and lots of people fall for it because there's that part of us that does want change. And so that and especially that easy change, right? That kind of uh, change without having to let go of. Something. Right. But what you're talking about here <laughs> is that that the things that are crystallized are unchangeable. So it's I mean, I love thinking about this because it's like, OK, so you could try to change this habit but you are swimming upstream and the stream is stronger than you're swimming. So you have to go back downstream to where this thing came from and remove that blockage. I, I think it, it, we can look at it from a, another direction rather than, you know, memorizing the past uh, now. I, I think what has to be done is I'll throw out another term, mm. which is uh, identification. Mm -hmm. Any kind of I am statement is the most powerful statement that you can say as a human being, because we are meaning creating uh, beings, uh, if you will. I am sick. I am tired. I am stressed. I am pissed off. I am high blood pressure. I am diabetes, etc. Uh, so, so a strong identification, which we practice, which then over time gets embedded in our subconscious, it's almost impossible to change. So what we need to do is like Einstein say, you know, like repeating the same level of consciousness and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And a lot of us, I think, are losing our insanity, not just <laughs> with that definition, but just with modern life. We have so much identities that we need to, we feel like we need to sustain. So part of the process using bazi, using acupuncture, or what I think is most powerful for that is cultivation, what I call gongfa, which is examining those layers of identity which to me are like layers of clothing. And some of us are walking around with like 50 different layers, like, you know, carrying them and without re-examining, is this layer actually useful for me? 
is there some way where I can do like an inventory and take off some of those layers? So to me, like any kind of cultivation practice, I call it gongfa, but some use yoga, meditation, etc., is like entering the changing room. Or it's like going shopping. You go shopping and you're like, hey, that outfit looks good, at least on the mannequin, right? So I'm going to grab a, grab that pant, pair of pants, <laughs> that new shirt. And you have like these five or three new uh, outfits that you want to try on. And you go into the changing room. What's the first thing you have to do? Take off what you already have on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get naked, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and some people are not willing to let go of their layers of identity because of fear, ultimately. And even with illness, not, they're not willing to let go of some of their you know, illnesses because it gives them attention. It gives them, you know, uh, an excuse. Well, and you know, a, not to and blame the identity. Victim, but I mean, I, there are identity, so many yeah. patients I've had, and they'll come in and I'll say, "What's up?" and and they'll tell me their diagnosis. I have or yeah. I am, you know, blah blah blah. I am, yeah. Right, we're back. Yeah. To I am here. I am diabetic, I am diabetic right, exactly. And I'll ask for more information about what that means or how it feels or, or what it's like to have that. And there is no consciousness in that area. Yeah, that's it. Which is so any, you know, I mean, that's, anything we can do, right? to, anything yeah. you can do to bring some awareness to that. Now they've got more resources. Right. That's it. And that's the only place, again, uh, what I, using the terminology mindset, beliefs, and habits in terms of mental, emotional, and physical state, that's like past tense. Yeah, That's a program. That's a conditioning. And you cannot change that. But you can reinstall a new software cumulatively by taking new, uh, a new intention, new, new uh, emotion, which from the Neijing, right, is a, mm. is a new emotional trajectory, right? Rather than being stuck in the, in the rising trajectory, which manifests... Uh, we give it the label like anger, you know, um, or a downward trajectory, which is, you know, uh, fear or, or dissipating trajectory, which is anxiety or overexcitement or kind of a condensing energy or chi trajectory, which is like grief. Uh, in any case, these are all beautiful waves, uh, kind of weather phenomenon. But when they get stuck uh, in an imbalance, then that's when, you know, pathology occurs long term right. over time. And you just took us on a little circular tour of the Wuxing. Yeah. Right. So, so we, exactly. have these, we have these, they're kind of mental constructs for us, mm-hmm. but they're also ways that life unfolds once you can learn to feel your way into that. Right. Right. And, and that's useful for our patients. Right. Exactly. It is. Yeah. And so, you know, Tianrendi, right. Uh, I would say the tools that, you know, from our Chinese medical, or not even medical, Chinese philosophical, Chinese cultural background, for for the tian to understand tian, we we develop ba zi, you know, to understand time and timing. Uh, for di, uh, we develop feng shui, uh, which is uh, you know a way to arrange our spatial relationships. Uh, and then for the ren level, we de- developed, um, for instance, acupuncture and herbs, you know, to to be able to adjust our our life. Mm-hmm. And um, gongfa. And then uh, and gongfa. Yeah, actually, what I what I consider gongfa is actually one that actually trumps all. I mean. Uh, the way I understand that is that you can have a a, a bad you know uh, living environment, bad feng shui. You know your feng shui is no good. You know you don't like your roommates. You're living kind of in a shoddy environment, and also your timing is not good. You know even your bazi, this is not a, the best time for you, and you don't have access to practitioners of acupuncture or herbs. But if your gongfa, if your cultivation is is strong, you can still be in the flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, because you know you have a, a, a strong resources within uh, to be able to handle you know difficult situations outside you know but so that's kind of the way I see it and that's kind of what I like to transmit you know I teach acupuncture you know I teach um, these different uh, systems uh, uh, in terms of Tianzhen D in terms of ABC but the thing that I focus on uh, most is actually the cultivation I, I tell students that you should do a I call it gongfa. It sounds a bit, you know, exotic, but simply, I used to call it cultivation, but I added a couple terms. The, the first time I added to that is self-care cultivation because mm-hmm. no one can do it for you, just like brushing your teeth or going to the bathroom. And I added a, a third term recently, which is uh, daily self-care <laughs> cultivation. <laughs> Not just monthly or weekly, every damn day. That's right, like, know, like, like brushing your teeth. Brushing yeah. your teeth is and, daily. I mean, you don't... You want to do it five minutes a day. You don't want to do it 30 minutes on Saturday. Exactly. I know you, you, you rub your gums raw, right? Yeah. Some even brush your teeth 
twice a day. Wow, look at that. You know, and why do you do these kind of things? Why do you take a shower? Why do you, you know, more or less, right? Some of us, <laughs> um, or why do you even uh, have the urgency to go to the bathroom? Is you feel relief, you feel better after all this, mm. and uh, you know, for our emotional constipation and mental diarrhea, it's it's good to do some deliberate practice. And and I ask ask challenge people to do at least fourteen point four minutes a day. Uh, why? Because we have twenty four hours times sixty. And that's 1,440 minutes a day. Is it is it worth 1% of your day for full focus on your mental, emotional, uh, physical attunement? I think so. Because I re- that, that upgrades the remaining 99%. So base, what you're basically saying is 15 minutes. Yeah. 14.4. Okay. But I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to round, you could round down to 14, but I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to run with this because not even 15 minutes. No, I like that. I like that. Not even 15 minutes. Because it's like, if you if you say two hours, right, and you do, yeah. you know, half hour, you're like, oh my God, I didn't reach my goal. I, I suck, right? But if you if I say 14.4 minutes and you accidentally do 15 minutes, you're like, wow, I did more That's than right. I planned. I'm, I'm a bad no, here Here's something that I really like about this. You know, I talk to, to patients about Gong Fa, often meditation, because they yes their mind is just so, I mean, they believe everything they say. And, and the Ooh, everything they think, they, right? well, everything they say to themselves, they believe everything right, they say right. to themselves. And I will often suggest meditation for these folks, because it's just this lovely practice of not believing what you're thinking. It's just this practice of noticing what you're thinking, just and just kind yes. of going, Oh, well, look at that, you know, next, yeah. right? Next. next. Yeah. And, and you don't get so attached to it, which I think is very helpful for folks. And they will often say, Well, I don't have time for that. I love the idea of saying, well, what if you just took 1% of your day? 1% of your day. Have you got 1% of your day? 1%. I think it would be very difficult for someone to say, of course I have 1%. How much is 1%? Not even 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Not even 15 minutes. And you know what? You know, I, 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 I say everyone, I don't care if you've got three kids and five dogs. Look, you take eight minutes from YouTube. You take, you know, five minutes from Facebook. You know, and you take four minutes for Instagram, boom, there's your, there's your 14.4 minutes (laughs) for your, for your, for your introception, for your alignment. And, uh, this, this ties into what we were talking about too, like about time and cycles and bonds. Of course we have yin and yang. What is the yin of that? What is the, what is the duality? If we talk about time, then we have to talk about timelessness, right? That, that state of now, which is, I think the most healing in terms of resetting our, our, uh, and somatopsychic system. Yes. So, uh, we, we, most of us are exhausted because of time, you know, uh, um, and, and space too, running all over the place, uh, in time and space, you know, worrying about this, worrying about that. And I think part of the, the gongfa or self-care part is actually coming back to the center, which is the now there's different ways that people say it, but which is actually getting to that state of timelessness where when you do your meditation and you feel like it's, you know, uh, five minutes, but actually 20 minutes went by. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the flow state. That's it. That's it. Well, or you're involved in something that you love. Exactly. And yeah. you don't even know time has gone by or in this, I know you've had this experience. Mm-hmm. I've had this experience. Anyone listening to this, if you've had acupuncture, you've had the experience and hopefully your patients have it sure. where they go, that was fast. Exactly. Or they'll come back and they'll go like, where was I? They were in exactly. that timeless phase. And that, you know, they say, where's the healing come from? I go, that place where you just were? Exactly. That's it. Between That's the, what unlocks between it. the conscious and subconscious, where your analytical, analytical mind shuts off. And the subjective sensation is like, when you're having fun, you know, time flies when you're having fun. That's exactly it. And that's, that's um, I think, the most powerful. And, and, and kind of uh, distractions pull us away, away from that. Yeah, so cultivating that timelessness timelessness is, is timelessness in chinese um i would i would include that as part of wu ji you know ji is is polarity or extremity right tai ji mm-hmm. is you know the, the 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 full spectrum of that but wu ji is is actually literally wu means non or not so wu ji to me means non-duality non-dual state okay. which you know in the tibetans called chokchen or the the advaita mm-hmm. Vedantas, they have different names names for it. But for us in the Chinese medicine tradition, I would call it wu qi. 
um, which for non-dual state, non-dual state, which for our patients, Mm -hmm. you know, you can induce that right with, with acupuncture because they can't move right with the needles in. So that's rare nowadays, right? Just, just being there. Well, yeah. First of all, just pinning them to the table, I think is helpful. But (laughs) but the other thing of course, that we know is acupuncture has this incredibly profound effect Mm -hmm. on our being. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, back to time cycles, you know, the Neijing says that there are 50 circadian cycles in one day, right, uh, of the meridian system, right? And so actually, if you calculate that, actually, 50 cycles means that each cycle um, is 28.8 minutes, <laughs> which is 2%. So, so that's why I tell patients, you know, uh, that minimum number of time I want you to cook is 28.8 minutes. They're like, so specific? I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's 2% of your day. Of course, we can round up. If we accidentally do 30 minutes, that's cool. And if we do an hour, some people need two cycles, right? They need like a yin-yang cycle. So some people, you know, I think I had a record. One patient stayed for like almost six hours because they were just so, the battery was so drained. So, you know, they did 12 cycles of, of those um, of those 28.8s, yeah. Uh, I was like, I need to, I need to leave now, <laughs> but I kept checking. The funny thing is they felt like I need to get out of here in 20 minutes, you know? I was like, okay, we'll see about that. <laughs> it ended up being like five, six hours. Five, six hours. Wow. <laughs> Talk yeah. about Uji timelessness. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, wow, has yeah. it been that long? Yeah. So yeah, we have all these tools to to examine time, process time. And and that's what Batsu was developed um for to to examine. Um, but then the flip side is just as important if we if we kind of zoom out to the greater theme of of, of what, what time is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we're about 50 minutes into oh, wow. this conversation. Oh, wow. It feels like 15. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Uji, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're in the, in the flow. And, and and we've covered so much. I, I can't wait to edit this yeah. because then I'll, I'll get to listen to it again. Thank you, yeah. And, I mean, there's just so many other places that we could go with that. One of the things I want to ask you about, there's a, a term that I learned when I was in Taiwan. Yes. That I think is, is a fabulous term, and I, I want to see what this strikes or resonance in with you in okay and how it connects with the uh with the bodsa okay so the phrase in chinese is yuan fun oh i knew you were gonna go there i love that did you yes. oh yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so in english you would take it's yuan fun is often translated as fate Yes, yes. Which kind of, it kind of gets at it, but in Chinese, mm-hmm. it has a, a whole different meaning. Yeah. I've got my idea of what it is, but I'd love to get your take on Yuan Fen and its connection with the Batsu. Yeah, oh, wow, okay. Um, we're, we're talking at this moment, you know, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Why? Because we were, we were supposed to, you know, uh, if, 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 uh, Someone meets, you know, sometimes, you know, they're like, oh, it's so great to meet you. You know, I can't believe I finally met you. We met when we were supposed to meet. What, what is that? What is that? Are there certain strings that tie us together? Because in the, in the character for Yuan, there's a mi zi pang. On the left side of the, uh, there's a radical for mm-hmm. silk. Silk radical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you take that image, if we just go with that, then I believe that, you know, in, in Western uh, physics, they, they have this string theory, right? <laughs> That there's 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 a dimensions embedded within dimensions, you know, along these membranes, you know, eleven dimensional membranes. But so whether you talk about string theory, where you talk about your infant having the radical for for silk threads, I think there there are certain things that 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 tie us together, you know, beyond space and time, not even to go beyond this lifetime. But I think Bazi is a way to try to tease out some of those uh, the. Those those patterns, the you know, and, and the warp and woof of, of 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 those threads that that tie us together. I, I I've been grateful to meet you know uh, different teachers, and I I, f- I feel like you know it's that sense when when you you meet someone. It could be a teacher, it could be you know uh, a, a person uh, like um, first love kind of feeling, but of of, of familiarity. So so your infant mm. is like is like family, like long lost family. You know that 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 kind of feeling for me. That, that there's a, a you, you said people call it destiny or fate, right? Which, which kind of makes it a bit kind of mm, abstract or cold for me. For me, it is that feeling of familial feeling of, of family that, that, that ties us together beyond, you know, like our actual ethnicity or country or, or geography. 
it's like when you when you meet someone it's like wow actually there's that that kinship that mm, kinship that's a great who, who knows where it comes from it could just be a, a certain resonance that you have here and now that maybe if you met each other like last year or in two weeks you wouldn't have it so so that goes to say that everything is changing you know thing, things come and go and that's a that's the thing about Bazu too you realize that there's these waves like um you, you stop trying to control so much and when you when you and tying into gongfa and cultivation is like you tie in these different philosophies so something so you go back to something as simple as when you're able to inspire you know which is our entry into this life you you mm-hmm. appreciate it you're able to inspire and when you expire you you remember death because at some point it is going to be your last moment of letting go but you that that is the kind of the philosophy of bazi or change like within one cycle of breath and we can we can practice that you know um, every moment let go of something with every every expiration rather than holding on i think that's the hardest thing for nowadays like we have so many things that we can hold on to like we have 20 browser tabs open you know we have <laughs> all those files I down. might get to this one <laughs> <laughs> just in case I might want my attention over there yeah exactly because another meaning yeah. of e in, in in terms of the e jing is actually simplicity which is kind of popular nowadays there's all these shows about like minimal minimalization and uh-huh. so a second crucial meaning is actually try to you know simplify not necessarily just by getting rid of stuff that, that's one kind of a more negative way of, of simplification another way is integration when you have all these separate parts and you tie them together into one, that's a kind of uh, simplification by integration too. So that's also that's also very helpful, and that get that ties us back into that state of oneness or, or timelessness that is so healing, so valuable as a as a human to be in that flow. Um, so so your infant your infant is a, I love that you know like I, I traveled to twenty countries in the last three years. It's and, and, and I feel every, every person I meet, even if it's just some random person at a cafe on the sidewalks of, of Athens or, or wherever in the Arctic Circle where I run into someone who's from Taiwan or, <laughs> or something like that, it's like, <laughs> oh, there's all these silk threads, you know, these, these kind of ephemeral, ephemeral um, but yeah, meaningful, meaningful mm-hmm. threads that tie us together. And, and when they're gone, they're gone. It's like, wow, but thank you. Right. When they're there, they're there. Yeah. When they're gone, they're gone. And yeah. I mean, for me as a Westerner, the idea of something being fate, it's almost like you're doomed to it or it's predestiny. There's there's no choice in the matter. Yes. It, it's just going to unfold that way. And the right. thing, my sense of yin fun as a non-native Chinese uh, barely speaker is that there is that, that sense of kinship. There is that sense of connection. It's arising in this moment and there's also a choice in it. Yes. There's a choice uh, to connect. Yeah. There's a choice not to connect. It's it's not like it has to happen, but that the the conditions are ripe, that with mm-hmm. some intention, and and it, and it takes a little bit of movement from inside of oneself to connect with that moment or connect with that person. But the opportunity is very ripe. Should you choose to open that that connection up and see what's there? That's awesome because the the second part of the character for Yuan, uh, it's elephant. Or some translate that that radical as as pig, but let's just go with elephant. It's like the silk threads are so ephemeral, like we say, right? And mm-hmm. so it's you as the elephant. You can choose to go with it or or to break that thread. You know, it's kind of an interesting well, image. Yeah. And that image also the, that elephant character also means like image. Also, it does. Right? Yeah, exactly. Xiang, Xiang, right. It means exactly. image. Exactly. So yeah, all these so all there's... these different layers. Yeah. Of, of yeah. your end that 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 ties into it. you have the free will and that 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 strong ego you know like, which can be rep- represented by the image of the elephant but but you can also try to listen and and try to align with those threads that are often very subtle that if you're mm-hmm. if you're if your life is too noisy you cannot hear that that still small voice that is telling you you know to to follow this path which may be actually more meaningful for you but you're like no i can't let go i have to keep going on this way and you kind of barge down and stampede rather than try to, to tie into those more subtle and more meaningful threads. And the second part of, of your infant is fen, is actually like a portion of. Mm-hmm. So when it runs out, it runs out, right? So yep. sometimes yep. When the, you got it, you got it. Sometimes the subconscious just stops, say, okay, I give up, you know, on, on trying to tell him, you know, so your fen runs out, you know, and then you lose your opportunity to, yeah. to connect with someone or something because you were too 
hard-headed <laughs> to, <laughs> to well, listen. And this all unfolds inside of time. Yes. And, and, and time is limited and time comes in portions and moments. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's that momentary allotment. Right, right. That, uh, that's something. Yeah, that sometimes happens. I've had, you know, some really deep, meaningful conversations for 10, 15 minutes for someone at an airport. And that, and that stays with me for, for years rather than, you know, sometimes you're in a relationship with someone and you get sick of the other. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so you never know. You, you, cannot, you cannot take it for granted, you know, like um, the enough. time frame or the, the, the key thing is actually in terms of our, I believe in our, in our current uh, life is to maximize meaning and to be able to adapt uh, our, to the flow and let go of things and, and dare to take on new things that actually can generate new meaning rather than try to stay with something that is actually devoid of meaning anymore. But we stay there just because of comfort or, or you know, our, our fear, fear or that. obligation or, I mean, there's so many reasons why we can stay. Yeah. So using, using all these tools, bots, you know, it's our main theme to try to shift whatever it is. Um, they're all, they're all, they're all useful in a way, you know, this can help you shift 20%. This can help you shift 40%. But at some point, mm -hmm. like don't, especially now back to cultivation is like, don't, don't finish a session of meditation or Qigong or yoga, the same as when you entered it, let that be your goal, you know, walk, walk off that mat or off that cushion, at least 0.1% different than when you started. And mm. then that becomes cumulative. Otherwise, nothing will change. You're just replaying all the programs and conditioning. So and the hard thing is because uh, others around us, you know, like your mom, <laughs> try to keep you as a as a ten year old boy, which exists actually uh, concurrently now, and, and just like your your eighty year old self, if you make it that far, is is existing now in some place, you know. But but um, try to try to cherish the the yuanfen of the moment as it as it lasts between you know where you are and the pe people around you. So yeah, I'm I'm glad I asked you about this because. Well, I mean, partly because it was just one of my favorite terms that I remember learning. It, I mean, something lit up in me, and, and life yeah. seemed a little bit different after that. Yeah. You know, on occasion, things show up, and, and it's like that. But the other thing is, so often with anything that's got kind of an aspect of oracle to it, mm -hmm. right, which the Bodsa does, or horoscopes in, you know, here in the West, it's easy to look at it and go, well, you know, because my chart's like this, I'm like that, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But but we get these choices yes. about what we do with the influences. And mm -hmm. it seems that the bots can be very helpful right. because we can see what are the current influences in relation to our sort of core constitutional character. Am I swimming upstream? Am I swimming downstream? Exactly. Is, the wind, is the wind behind me or in front of me? Yeah. And if the wind is going to shift in a couple of days, maybe I just would like to practice some cultivation yes. until that happens. That's how it fits together. Exactly. That's beautiful. Mm. You said, so it's like a weather pattern. You're checking, checking the bots. It's like checking the weather. It's raining outside. Ah, it's, just, it's the weather report. Yeah. But you can still go outside. It's not, no one said that you yeah. can't go outside, but it's raining, bro. <laughs> and, and in terms of bots and in terms of another thing, which is a lot of, uh, uh, clients want is in terms of money so there are times where you get a higher return on investment because your money time is is, is showing up so like if you're in vegas you can try to consult your bonds <laughs> to try to i'm gonna, I'm gonna go pull the one arm bandit right now you know uh, but you know or or in, in half an hour i'm gonna stay at the bar until then because you know so so in bonds that is the the relationship so again if you are let's say metal wood represents your your money time because money and resources are that which you control. Um, so, ah, yeah, right? I didn't think about it that way yeah. before. So, money yeah. and resources are the thing that you control. Yeah, so metal controlling Worker. wood. Yeah. So you would look for yeah. a wood time. Um, but again, there's nuance. Like, is, is actually, it could be, you know, Chinese medicine has this dialectic. Uh, is when wood shows up for a metal person, does that mean you'll make money or lose money? It's related to money, but you have to go a little bit deeper again to what we said. Are you, if you are a strong metal person, then actually wood represents gaining money because you, your metal is strong mm. enough to get it. But if you are a but if weak, you're weak metal, yes, you lose money at that time. Xing. Xing. Like, Be careful. Exactly. Right. So what you need yeah. as a weak metal person, what is, what is gaining money? Uh, what, what element needs to show up? It is actually that would be metal first. itself. Actually, yeah. Oh, metal, metal itself. itself. Yeah. There's something in, in Ba Zi called Chie Cai, 
which literally means to grasp finances. And that is actually the same element as you, same phase as you. So metal for a metal person, um, opposite polarity, yin metal for yang metal. In any case, it's the same pol- uh, uh, element. That's when your money comes in as a, as a weak uh, metal person. So there are, you know, there are some more kind of details to it, but um, yeah, it's, it's another useful tool to consult. But it's like I said, it's a blueprint or it's like a script for a movie, right? Um, but if you have Quentin Tarantino directing, right, versus Clint Eastwood directing, and you have, you know, you have Tom Cruise versus whatever, you know, like uh, Lady Gaga acting, it's a different producer, different director. The, the movie turns out different, even though, like you said, the, the influences are the same in certain time frames. But how you, what you choose to do with it, it could be a completely different movie that shows up. Right. Yeah. And this, the thing that I love about this, I mean, we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I know a little bit more about Badza than I did an hour ago. Great. <laughs> and, but the thing that, that I am most struck by is the very basics that we all have learned in acquiring whatever modicum of, of skill and knowledge we have with Chinese medicine. Yeah, modicum, yeah. <laughs> all... All stems from this. We're looking. We're looking at five phases. We're looking at six G. We're looking at deficiency or excess. Yes, yes. These are these are all things. These are ways of parsing reality. Yes. Yes. That we all have a bit of experience with. Right. So it seems like digging into the bazi. Of course, we're not going to be instant experts, right. but it shouldn't be like a completely foreign language it, it because be. we're already thinking in these kinds of ways. Yeah. So. I mean, the, the classes that we teach on Bazaar are open to even laymen. Of course, they'll struggle a bit more because they don't have a basis in Chinese philosophy, which is the mm-hmm. foundation of Chinese medicine. You know, Chinese philosophy predates, you know, Chinese medicine. Um, it's just applied or infused into the practice of health and, uh, and illness. But for as a Chinese medicine practitioner, it's, it's actually a beautiful way to kind of review and connect ideas that are maybe kind of dis- disparate or another way to apply it as, uh, you know, to, to study more timing rather than just for uh, herbs or, or acupuncture. So, um, and it, it, it connects, uh, just like our conversation, is connecting so many different things. So it's, it becomes like a philosophy or, or a lifestyle or, or a worldview. And so, yeah, so I think it's, a, it's another course of study that, that I think um, Chinese medicine practitioners would, would find interesting and, and inspiring even. Tell us a little more about the classes that you teach and how people can find out about that and get in touch with you. Yeah, so my website is DaoCenter.com. So I have that more set up um, for my, I have Bazi consultations available and I also have my the Gongfa classes. The, the Dao De Gongfa is the, is the system that I integrated that, that I teach, so my schedule there. But I also teach uh, with the Syrian Balance Method, so that's the main uh, organization that I teach with, as well as the Ac- Academy of Acupuncture. So, uh, if people want to directly reach me, the easiest way is through my through my website dao dao center dot com. Okay, I'll make sure it's on the show notes page. Yeah, thank you. And then, if there's any you know questions or about what we talked about or anything you know related to Chinese medicine acupuncture, I'd be happy to. I won't maybe get back to you right away, but <laughs> I'd love to hear from everyone. <laughs> how, how many How many countries and how many days? Holy I, mean, you, I mean, sometimes I'm you back travel back. a lot, yeah, right? The last month yeah. I went to uh, Lisbon, Portugal, Geneva, Switzerland, Athens, Greece, and then taught, just taught in San Francisco. And then, and then and yet tomorrow I go to Indonesia and then to Taiwan. Okay, so, Paris, so this, you're a good person to ask this question. Uh-huh. What do you do for jet lag? Oh, so in terms of that's that's related, huh? In terms of time, so okay, the 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 first way, the 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 most fundamental is actually my state of consciousness. So you know how people are like, oh wow, you just flew, you know, twelve hours from San Francisco. You know what time is it there? It must be like I say, stop. I'm here now. You know, <laughs> so one is the is the psychological state. Like I say, you know, I don't want to know what time it is where I was. I'm here right now, you know, with you. <laughs> and uh, so that's one thing is just to be fully in the present rather than, like we said, dissipating energy into a, a, another space time. I'm here in this time space. So that's one strategy. I think that's the most fundamental. The second thing is you have to train yourself, uh, whether through gongfa or hypnosis or whatever, to be able to sleep on airplanes. If not, mm-hmm. you're going to really suffer. You cannot travel long, long distance, long term. So I'm able to like knock out at will, even with crying babies and like <laughs> turbulence. <laughs> I can hibernate like a turtle, you know, for like 
11 hours out of a 13 hour flight, you know, <laughs> not getting up to pee or to drink. <laughs> Superpower. Yeah. And then this, the other thing is once I land, it could be a layover. The first thing I try to do is if it's a layover, the first thing I try to do is find one of those prayer rooms or those meditation rooms, which mm -hmm. most actually countries have. Um, actually, except for China, I was having difficulty, but most other countries they have, you know, and most actually airports, no one is using them. But I, I try to do that and, and spend my layover mostly in, in that kind of uh, uh, cultivation state. And once you're on the ground, as soon as possible, take off your shoes and go onto Google Maps and find like a green spot. Take off your shoes <laughs> and ground. And, and another aspect is as, as much as possible, get you know as much uh, uh, bright sunlight on your skin as possible and, and in your in your in your retina with your eyes closed, of course, safely. Um, and then, and then hydrate with, uh, ideally with, you know, local water if possible. Um, so these are all like little, little strategies that I use at home. Actually, I use a infrared near infrared light to, to recharge myself, to detox from all the blue light toxicity, which is, you know, all over the place, especially in, in airports. So I try to use is that, that something that goes into your eyes or is that like an infrared, far infrared sauna? What uh, is that? I have a device that I bought. It's a, um, it's about maybe two square foot of, of, of infrared and near infrared light, red light. So I just get, you know, as naked as possible in front of it. You know, I put it in front of me, I put it behind me. I close my eyes uh, when I use it, but I also sometimes use some shades to protect my eyes. But um, that's like a superfood because light is nutrition, right? And most of the light, most of the time we get junk food, which is like mm -hmm. this, this tiny spectrum. Light. Yeah, this tiny right. spectrum of full spectrum light, which is mostly blue light, which there's all, you know, there's a lot of studies on blue light toxicity, especially as a kid, you know, like you look at a phone at full brightness and you're telling your body that it's noontime, you know, like 6,000, 7,000 Kelvins of light. And so it shuts down, you know, your, your melatonin production. You know, the, the only time we had that kind of intensity of light was noontime back in the mm -hmm. day, but you're looking at it at 6 p.m., 10 p.m. So that's another strategy I use. I use blue light blocking glasses. Uh, when I travel to prevent that kind of excess ingestion of, of junk light. And as soon as possible, I try to, I try to look up to Tian <laughs> and absorb yep. full spectrum nutrition uh, as possible. In the location that you're in. In the location that I'm in. makes a difference. Reset my circadian, my super chiasmatic mm -hmm. nucleus, my, my top clock here. Um, so, top clock. Great. Well, Paul, thank you. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Max, thank you for, for having me on the show. And it's nice to meet you, at least digitally. And thank, thank you to the, to the listeners out there, too, for taking time out to, to listen in. So stay in touch with us.